keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Leading Conversations today. This is Cheryl Esposito, and we have a very special guest with us today, Craig Neal, who is co-founder of Heartland Institute and Heartland Circle. He's also founder of the Conscious Business Alliance and was a founding board member of the Business for Social Responsibility and, of course, former publisher of Utney Magazine. Those of us who are old enough will remember it was Utney Reader at one time. Welcome, Craig. How are you? Thanks a lot, Cheryl. I'm just great. It's good to have you here, and you're even on the west coast of the United States today. That I am. All right. In the mountains of Santa Cruz, up in Boulder Creek. <laughs> so, you're, you're near Big Sur. I you know. am in Valhalla. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. So um, on the West Coast today, you know, it's sunny mostly except where you are, where it's raining. Yeah, and the clouds are clearing. I can see the fog burning off. Oh, good. So sun is coming out. Well, today we are focusing on... Um, Ways of gathering and the gathering at the circle. And I know you have a great love for bringing people together and for bringing truth to the circle. And we're going to talk a lot about that this morning. Um, so, Craig, I know that you have been in the business of bringing people together in conversation, simple conversation, complex conversation for a very long time. And I'm curious about where all this started in you. What what generated the curiosity about bringing people together, and when did that happen for you? Well, thanks, Cheryl. Um, I first, um, I like to say that uh, it all started at the March on Washington in 1963. Hmm. Um, it was the March on Washington in which Martin Luther King uh, delivered the I Have a Dream speech. I was uh, just entering my senior year in high school, and uh, it changed my life. Really? And at that point, what I really realized was that my life would be of service, and my life would be about bringing people together to create change and transformation in themselves and in the world. Hmm. And I've been pretty much following my path since then. You know, it's been... Uh, a very interesting one uh, through the 70s and 80s. Um, I was uh, fortunate enough to be at the ground level with some organizations uh, in the areas of marketing uh, with some great socially responsible companies, Garden Way, Rodale Press, and spent a bulk of my so-called career, I call it, um, uh-huh. in the magazine publishing business, uh, publisher of Rodale's Organic Gardening, um, and then went on to found a couple of other magazines. But along the way, what I really realized was the deep desire for people to gather, to make a difference together, to gather in community. Because in the 60s and 70s, as I, when I grew up, you know, there was a lot going on in the area of human development. Right. 
human potential movement. I was just with George Leonard the other day and reminded me, my kind of the godfather of the human potentials movement, mm-hmm. where people woke up to their individual journeys, but what I saw was a great hunger for people to gather to share their individual lives and and movement toward their own development, mm-hmm. but to do it together. But we didn't have the systems in place. Well, and then in 1963, being a senior in high school, that's a pretty young age to be clear about what you want to do with your life. Why do you think you were able to be that clear? Well, I certainly didn't go into it very clear. And, I, yeah. I, you know, in a lot of ways I didn't come out that clear either. It was more of a, a knowing mm-hmm. You know, and and so my life played out. It isn't as if that day all of a sudden I moved toward, you know, starting this, starting that, and I right. the the vision. Like a lot of us, you know, we wake up to things. We have what I would call awakenings, or you have uh, an opportunity to have um, a sense of what your life's really about. And yeah. some of us play on it, and some of us don't. Sometimes mm-hmm. in my life, it's gone more dormant. But there's been a consistent thread throughout my entire life, and I was—I feel very um, grateful yeah. to have had that experience because it's something I can fall back on and remember. It's mm-hmm. something that I think a lot of us have, mm-hmm. but sometimes we just don't have the opportunity to remember what it was like to really kind of wake up to our life's purpose. Right, right. And in that moment, there was somebody very inspiring, Dr. King. Right. And um, I'm wondering about the concept of, you know, the inspirational leader. And, um, you know, it seems that um, there aren't always those people who show up who are able to lead well. And I know you have talked about the concept of leading from the circle. Mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit about what that means? Well, um, you know, along the way what I've looked for, and I mentioned about the whole notion of, of people having a yearning to take their own um, path to their own evolution or their own development mm-hmm. and join that with others. So along the way, I've been looking for forms, technologies, designs in which people could gather to maximize and 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 really make efficient their time together. In other words, what I found is that to the degree that we join together and are able to be authentic and tell the truth to one another is the degree to which we can make our outcomes even more, and the possibilities, even more great. So, for example, um, I looked at modern forms of group interaction. I looked at ancient forms of group interaction. And I went really back to the basics. And I went back to how humans first gathered, which was really around campfires, to eat, to talk, you know, way, way back. And so we're still gathering around campfires. Hmm. And what are campfires? Campfires, for most of us, have a very, very good feeling. So when you talk to somebody about what it's like to be around a campfire, what do they say? 
oh, great. I feel this sense of well-being and collegiality. I get to look around. Campfires in general are circles, mm-hmm. right? You naturally gravitate towards sitting in a circle around the fire. What happens? Stories emerge. People let their hair down. People start to get real. They start to speak from a more authentic place. Stories start to emerge. So using that as the ground place, what I started to play with was how do we bring people together around a campfire, something in the center. If we're indoors, Instead of the fire, maybe we'll have flowers or something beautiful to look at. Mm. When you put people in circle, what begins to happen from the very beginning is it says we're all peers because there's no hierarchy in a circle. So by its very nature, what happens is people begin to see each other as equals no matter what's on the name tag, right? Mm, Interesting. The second thing is that whoever's speaking generally has the rapt attention of the rest of the people. You can see one another. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is without having to say anything, like pay attention (laughs) to me, people pay attention. Mm -hmm. And you can see one another. So there's an energetic that's different than if you're sitting in a row looking at somebody's back. And you can, in a way, multitask. and not really pay attention. So there's a lot of very practical benefits. Mm -hmm. One of the major things that I've seen about circles as a technology, if you will, for modern gathering, and, you know, really about how to make our meetings more efficient is how do we get people to come together to speak authentically about what what has meaning and purpose for them. Why is that efficient? Well, it's efficient because you want to get down to the basis. You want, if people are speaking honestly and truthfully about what has meaning and purpose to them, and you create a safe place for them to do that, then what happens is you can trust whatever somebody's saying, and so therefore the whole notion of buy-in and outcome shifts dramatically. Very interesting. At the end, when you say... You know, are we on board? Uh-huh. And you've had the opportunity to feel safe, to speak your truth, and to have that kind of back and forth dialogue, and to see everybody, right? Right. Nodding their heads. Nobody sitting behind somebody else. Right. Right. Nobody sitting off in a corner. The chances for that initiative or the outcome of that meeting, in my estimation, in my experience, are greatly improved mm. by a multiple of five to ten times. Mm-hmm. So it's there's a lot of practicalities in that in that specific as you asked around the circle, which right. is where we work a lot. And I've got some examples of it but Well let's let's hold that thought for a minute. Sure. It, it occurs to me that um, one of the consistent places that that has been modeled um, for some people is around the dinner table with family. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's shifting so much Mm -hmm. in our world, whether it's in the United States or elsewhere around the world, um, as our society moves faster. And and so, you know, what, what is it that we've lost by 
not sitting around the dinner table. I mean, not mm. even worrying about the campfire. What about just the <laughs> dinner table? You know? Well, the campfire is a metaphor. Right. Um, and the dinner table is another great one. You know, I, I, and I don't know what the stats are, but I've heard stats about families that eat together stay together mm-hmm. and they're healthier, yeah, less yeah. less. Um, dysfunctional, right, which are right. you know big words in, right, in right. today's culture. Right. Why? Yeah. Um, breaking bread. Yeah. I mean, it's an ancient yeah. practice that's embedded in most of our religions. Right. You know, eating together, talking together, being together. So you've got the, you know, in a way, in in a lot of in right. a lot of religions, organized religions, the sacrament of eating. Right. The sacrament of breaking right. the bread. And of I might say that, you know, the, yes, yeah. and the family is not necessarily, we'll be right back. From the stock market floor to your computer, you're listening to Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. It has been said that to live is to choose, but to choose well, you must know who you are and what you stand for, where you want to go, and why you want to get there. On Reap What You Sow, with host, performance management specialist, and executive coach, Alana Daly, achievement and success through expanding yourself and your life is available at the click of a mouse. Reap through redefining your goals. Educate your mind, your body, your conscious, and unconscious. Apply what you learn and plan, and it shall be success over and over again, and wealth result when you Reap regularly. Reap what you sow with Alana Daly. Broadcast each Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Reap what you sow. Learn the rules of the game. Then play better than anyone else. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. 401s, stock, mortgage, retirement, wealth. We cover it all. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. We're speaking with Craig Neal today, founder of Heartland Institute, Heartland Circle, and former publisher of Utney Magazine. Before break, Craig, we were speaking about the circle and the power of the circle, the power of the campfire around bringing people together. 
Um, and and just before break, we talked about the dinner table as the metaphor and how actually bringing families together around the dinner table um, is uh, not happening so much these days mm-hmm. and how it's affecting our society. And I might um, clarify that family around dinner table doesn't mean... Um, um, you know the the old definition of family. You know, mm-hmm. family is whom you live with, whom you share um, your life with, and in whatever form that takes. And so, um, and you were getting ready to speak about the effects of that and some of the um, um, statistics you've heard. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think what I mentioned was that uh, the overwhelming. Um, um, research shows that um, families that eat together um, uh, on a consistent basis stay together. Um, you know, another thought, and I don't mean to move it off this yeah. entirely, but when I look at business, I mean, look at where a lot of business takes place. It takes place around meals. Yes, yes. Or it takes place in a more informal setting mm-hmm. around food quite often. I mean, a lot of business deals and a lot of things happen offline, outside the office, right. outside a more formal setting. Right, and I think right. what happens in the family and also what I've noticed in in business or in organizational life, which, you know, is a broader context for that, yes. is that um, when we are in a place where we can be ourselves, mm-hmm be authentic, let who we really are find its place in relationship with others, then things shift. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, commitments that are made are kept, right. like marriages, like families, when there's a sense that you're really coming from that more authentic, integrated place. I think the same conclusions can be drawn to business. Um, when you're in a in a situation where what you're doing is you can really believe what's happening with a, another person in relationship or a group of people in relationship, there's a high level of trust, respect, and affiliation, then that happens. So setting up the forms for that is so important. The designs, how do we gather how do we create meetings that are, frankly, transformational so right. we can get the results that we want? Right. And, you know, that, that brings two questions to mind. And one is that um, the focus on conversation is showing up so much in our world, just about everywhere we look. And I'm curious about your thoughts about why now? Why is it happening now? Well, in the assumption that conversation is becoming more and more important, we call it essential conversations. When you have, I think there's a real desire to, to as you say, have conversations because we become more, I mean, as, the, as we become more people on the planet and, and in a way more um, isolated through media, yeah. through modern life mm-hmm. in general, it isn't that we're more isolated in some ways. I notice I'm I'm with people more and more often. The question is, how are we with people? 
So you're with people online, you're with people in emails. Physically. Um, yeah, even you know, physically. Cities are larger. Okay. More, more and more people. Oh, I'm rubbing yeah. elbows. The okay. question is, you know, how are you with them? Right. You know, are you making contact? Are you really mm-hmm. in relationship? You know, are you, or, or are you just sending emails across mm-hmm. the wall to yeah. the next person yeah. and the next, you know, next stop? Right, right, right. <laughs> so the quality and the depth are, are absolutely missing. Yeah. It's about quality. It's about depth. Mm-hmm. It's about intimacy when you really get down to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't right. mean intimacy right. in the sense of sexual intimacy, right. but I'm talking about intimacy as human beings. Right. Can I really trust? that person that I've just been with mm-hmm. to be who they are and right. can I trust them to deliver to me what is expected. Right, right. So and, much you know, of that I mean, you been say, broken down. You say not sexual intimacy and yet um, I know many couples who could benefit from conversation that would actually help their sexual intimacy. <laughs> yeah, right? Absolutely. I mean, don't you I'm think? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so it goes pretty deep. It goes way beyond the office and way beyond the organization. Oh. Yeah. How do we how do we engender the conversations? You, I mean, you and I both know when we have a conversation with somebody, there's an internal BS meter, right? Yeah. yeah. It says this is the truth, or no, this isn't the truth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's built into the human experience. And when we're hearing it, we are, what happens? Our trust level goes up. Mm-hmm. Our sense of affiliation mm-hmm. goes up. Mm-hmm. Our sense of openness goes up. And we, what happens is we start to feel safe and we start mm-hmm. to feel we can be vulnerable back. Right. What happens in that instance? Right, right. You know well- Anyway, go ahead. Well, you know the the circle um, very often times that, um, especially a few years ago, um, trying to put a group sitting in a circle, there was a lot of resistance and pushback. And part mm-hmm. of uh, what I saw was that that resistance was because it makes me vulnerable to mm-hmm. sit in a circle where sure. people can see me full on, mm-hmm. where there's no table or desk for me to sit mm-hmm. behind, mm-hmm. where there's no um, no notepad, you know, that I can hold in front of my face. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that makes me vulnerable. And so then I, I ask you the question, how is the circle related to telling the truth? Is it only about vulnerability? Really good question. That's a great question. I think there's a built-in dynamic in the circle. I think I spoke a little bit to it earlier. Mm-hmm. In that it's a form in which by its very nature says that we have come here as peers, as equals. Mm -hmm. So there's an energetic, as I call it, or a field gets created, an energetic field Mm -hmm. that is just there. Mm -hmm. And so it's like the campfire again. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you can... The the, the fight or or flight, flight notion gets lowered right. by the very nature of being in it. And so what happens is then the conversation can be had at a whole other level. Let me give you an example. 
couple weeks ago, we had the opportunity to lead uh, a group of 350 bankers for a large national financial institution in a process that we call the thought leader gathering process. And in it, we sit in circle. In this case, we did two segments, one uh, one morning, one afternoon, 175 in each. Wow. We sat in four concentric circles. Now, none of these people, or very few of them that we know of, have ever done this before. Right, yeah. The net result at the end of the day was the evaluations that came back were, at first, I was very uncomfortable. But as the morning progressed, what I began to see was that I had never, ever heard or experienced my colleagues at the level of depth and truthfulness that I had seen before, and it made a huge difference Mm. in our branch, Mm. and I can't wait to get back and to continue these conversations. Well, why? You know, prior to that, they could have been walking around in their own world, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and by chance, maybe over lunch or at a water cooler, kind of shared a little bit about who they are. But in this particular moment that we had created for them, um, and we did breakouts in small circles as well, people Mm -hmm. got to know one another. Mm -hmm. They got to know their story. Right, right. And as some wise sage said, you cannot hate somebody whose story you know. Mm. So that can be applied to the business world. When you know somebody's story, what begins to happen is you get brought in. They bring you in. You begin to develop empathy. You begin to develop, again, affiliation mm-hmm. that therefore engenders trust, respect, and all the things that you need to make lasting decisions and outcomes. And we know, um, I don't know the numbers, but there are there has been research done on organizations that talks about um, time wasted and... Um, roadblocks put in place um, in getting things done in productivity when there are um, conflicts or um, conflicts that people think exist um, between uh, people and they they just don't get their work done. Mm-hmm. And so organizations are wasting millions of dollars every day um, because people don't know each other. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. So, What also comes of this, when you create an opportunity for people to... The whole notion of accountability and responsibility shifts. Mm. When you really are invested in somebody's life, Mm -hmm. the notion of accountability to that person and a responsibility to deliver the goods is enhanced dramatically Mm. because you have an investment in one another. Right, right. So, again, you go back to, do I really know this person? Do they really know me? It's it's a real paradox, Cheryl, Mm -hmm. because in a lot of our organizations, being known or being vulnerable is probably the last thing people 
would think of because Absolutely. they just don't feel safe. Absolutely. I want to continue this train of thought when we return. You're listening to The Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. The economy and financial markets continue to expand in both their size and complexity. But being able to anticipate changes in the markets for housing, jobs, and financial assets remains a crucial ingredient to our financial well-being. On the economy and the markets, with economist, investment strategist, portfolio manager, and host, Doug Cliggett, utilizes his 25 years of experience with that of his highly informed guests to provide clear, reasoned explanations of current events. To navigate the markets that influence our lives every day of the week, tune into The Economy and the Market. With Doug Cliggett, broadcasting each Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The economy and the markets. Clear thoughts in a complex world. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. We're speaking with Craig Neal today, founder of Heartland Institute, former publisher of Utney Magazine. Um, Craig, in this conversation that we're having about conversations, um, you spoke about how in organizations, people not knowing each other is a real detriment. And I love that quote you said, that if you, how did it go? If you know people's story? If you know someone's story, you, you can't hate someone uh, whose story you whose know. Whose story you know. Yeah, and, and so, you know, what is that, the implication of that for larger world issues is big. Yeah, I mean, first I want to say, can we please take this, this circle to the UN? <laughs> How about that? Let's take it to the UN. Yeah. Um, you know, and because, you know, they do not sit in a circle. Mm-hmm. Closer than most, actually. Closer than most, <laughs> but it's not. It's not a circle. No. Yeah, and um, and, and that and, and the culture there. It, it, let's just use the UN as an example. The culture there is really um, more about standing up, stating my case. You know, mm-hmm. doing giving the lecture or mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of talking head thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't get a sense that there really is the um, intention with as much 
talk is given to that. There really isn't the attention of collaboration mm-hmm. and being vulnerable. Would, would you agree with that? You know, I, I don't know <clears throat> the intimate workings of the UN uh, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, you know, I support the mandate yes. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot that we can all be doing um, in whether it's at the UN or in our communities and our families, as you pointed out, around the dinner table or in our businesses. Um, what I'm noticing is that uh, people, there is a massive movement right now for people to uh, do the right thing. Um, you know, I find it very paradoxical that while the news we're getting from Iraq and uh, Palestine and Israel and around the world is one of, you know, mass separation and chaos, there are enormous strides that have been made in many, many, many areas of the world that where people are finding uh, the common ground. We're finding one another, our, our, our humanity. And finding this inside organizations as well. And, you know, I started working with an organization, a, um, a medium-sized organization, a business. And the leadership group started to meet in circle. Hmm. And, you know, the, the UN analogy is, you know, you have 190 nations around the world. Right. And how do they make sense and how can we find... a a resolve that works for the majority of the people on the planet. Well, in microcosm, you've got organizations that are doing the same thing. Yes. So what what does the circle or what does that form engender? Mm-hmm. And in a leadership role, it engenders a sense of commonality of, you know, our, our common interests. And, and it creates an environment where we can have a direct communication where there isn't a break in the hi- in the hierarchy is is not really present in the same way in other forms of gathering. Well, how do you get through that though? I mean, let's face it, if you're in the room with the CEO and the CEO um, you know signs your check, so to speak, um, and that CEO has uh, a style that is um, abrupt and gruff and um, vengeful almost, um, even with a good heart. How do you, in that circle, get past that um, that sense you have in your brain of mm-hmm. it's dangerous to tell the truth? Mm-hmm. It's difficult. Um, no matter what system you use, whether it's a circle or, you know, a, a standard, um, you know, theater form, uh, you're talking about a form. You're not going to overcome that form given that modality of a way of operating. Well, do you challenge your um, leaders around this when you work with them? Um One of the, the great, uh, uh, let me break it down a little bit. Um, one of the reasons I like to work with business people is because there's an imperative in business. Is, does it work? If it works, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, true. You have a slightly different imperative in a nonprofit environment. A lot of nonprofit environments are not around 
the let's say the financial imperative, right? Mm-hmm. It's around perhaps the social imperative or a theoretical or a vision. Mm-hmm. So in a way, they're a little tougher to work with. But let's stick with say a business imperative and yes. a, and a an overbearing hierarchical top-down militaristic approach, which is what you described. If that person, that leader, sees that, and this is important, that what the end result is, I want to get from here to there, and I need to have the support and the agreement and the motivation and inspiration of the people under me, then I'm going to do what it takes to get there. So in that case, what might happen is having a conversation about trying something new. And people do it all the time. You know, go off on retreat, try different HR programs. There's, you know, over the 30-some years that I've been doing this work, mm-hmm. there have been all sorts of initiatives. What tends to happen is a leader who has a responsibility for this will say, how can I optimize the level of buy-in and agreement? And how can I mobilize people to to take action that will get the result that I want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it comes from that point of view, then there's a sense of, well, let's see how we can do that. What I do, for example, with this financial institution there was an imperative on customer service. Mm. The president, the regional president, Mm -hmm. said, how am I going to mobilize 350 district, regional, branch, and service managers Mm -hmm. to hear the same story at the same time about customer service, not just outwardly oriented, but employee service, Right. because she said, We have to live it inside before we can put it outside. Hear the same story at the same time and maximize the buy-in and, therefore, the action. Mm -hmm. So that's how we came to that. And um, there's no magic pill. um, But there was a, a willingness to try based upon a logical interpretation of getting from point A to point B. You know, you um, talk about, I know you're writing uh, right now um, mm-hmm. about the art of convening. And right. um, in, in, in some ways you take the concept of conversation to um, a next level and say it's not just about um, conversation, but it's in fact conven- the way you convene a gathering is equally, if not more important. Can you talk about that? The the question of convening, um, and I I define convening as the gathering and the holding of people. Mm. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, and people say, well, what's the difference between that and facilitation? Mm -hmm. Facilitation, by definition, is to make things easier. Hmm. Gathering and holding of the people. Gathering, the invitation, the welcome how one brings people together, not just in the moment, but the preparation that's mm, done. Right. The, the analogy to putting on a dinner. 
it's how you invite people to dinner. Mm-hmm. It's the preparation right. of of creating the seedbed from a gardening perspective mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You create a healthy seedbed in which to plant the plant or put the seed in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's the gathering. It's the preparation. It's how you form the invitation so people are clear about what they're walking into. Mm-hmm. And then the holding. Now, the holding is an energetic and a physical. It has to do with the um, the energetic, meaning how are you as the convener, as the one who's calling the gathering, where are you internally vis-a-vis the people you're with? Do you hold them in contempt? Mm. Do you approach it as um, a, a negative? Are right. you nervous? Or are you inviting? Are you full of possibility? Okay, internal. And then what kind of um, an environment are you creating physically as well? Right. So there's a lot of components to the act of mm. convening, which mm. goes beyond just performance or calling a meeting and let it flow. Right. There's a certain sense of design and intention. Intention might be the operative word here. Hmm. Does that help? That actually, that does help. Um, and I'm curious to know um, how, what kind of reception you're getting when you're talking to leaders of organizations and you're talking about um, essentially Something I've always said is if you're having a party, the party begins the moment the guest receives the invitation. You bet. And so it's the same thing here is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the gathering begins the moment the, the guest or the participant receives the invitation. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of, of response are you getting um, from leaders when you say this to them? Mm-hmm. You know, as mm-hmm. much work has to happen up front as mm-hmm. while you're in the meeting. Well, I think you said earlier are, are certain things evolving. In, in, mm-hmm. and that they are. Mm-hmm. And some people come to it out of desperation and they, mm-hmm. you know, say, I'll try anything. Right. Nothing's worked right. so right. far, so you come at it from maybe that perspective. Right. Right. Um, for the past nine years, we have been hosting uh, uh, thought leader gatherings. These are bi-monthly uh, gatherings of leaders from business, organization, nonprofit, government, right. both in the Bay Area of California and in Minnesota, right. to dialogue a- around the compelling issues that face us in our life and work. And so we've had a lot of practice of bringing um, up anywhere from 40 to 60 people together on a regular basis. We've, mm-hmm. you know, we've we've convened about 170 of these gatherings. And over the years, about 1,400 leaders have come together from 800 organizations, large and small. Mm-hmm. Out of that have come a number of opportunities for us to work with those organizations. I mentioned the financial institution, right, right. which is a larger scale right, right. opportunity to do that. Right. And then when working with inside um, other organizations, I mentioned this other or a company that we're working with where we're using the circle work throughout Throughout. the organization. Let's continue this conversation when we come back. You bet. (laughs) 
You're listening to The Bottom Line in Business Talk. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Have you ever had a bad day and wish someone could come along and change it at the flip of a switch? Do you dream of living the life of wealth, great relationships, and the perfect job, but don't know where to start? Then tune into The Winner's Attitude with corporate trainers, motivators, authors, and hosts, Jeff and Val G. No difficult strategies or complicated keys. Jeff and Val present a powerful and effective technology to switch your operating system to create the most amazing life. It has been said that winners have simply formed the habit of doing amazing things. When know how to activate that switch and so can you the winner's attitude with jeff and val g broadcast each friday at 8 a.m pacific 11 a.m eastern on the voice america business channel the winner's attitude switch me on are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market if so then you need to tune in to profitable investing with jordan kimmel every thursday at 8 a.m pacific time jordan kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on wall street as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. From the stock market floor to your computer, you're listening to Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Speaking with Craig Neal today. Craig, the, um, there are a lot of ways to go deep, and you certainly have been describing um, some of those as you move into organizations and help them essentially tell their truth and help to make make it safer for people to tell their truth and to engage with others. I know that you actually lead some wilderness expeditions or wilderness experiences. Could you share some of what goes on there with us? Okay. Thanks. Um, we call them the men's wilderness journeys. Um, started out of my personal interest of combining my love of nature with my um, desire to work with leaders uh, around um, deeper personal issues and how they relate to their work and performance. Um, And so I've had the great opportunity of uh, going to Africa with Richard Leiter, and some of you listeners may know of Richard's work with uh, the power of purpose, repacking your bags right. for the rest of your life and claiming your place at the fire. And he's been leading trips to Africa for 25 years. And uh, I just we just both returned uh, last month um, from yes. a three-week trip. It yeah. was my second in 13 months, in which um, 12 men, leaders, 
um, from around North America and, and actually Europe as well, um, went to really explore personally and professionally mm-hmm. um, what it means um, to really be a leader um, um, and to do it in, in, in an environment uh, in, in Africa. And I also lead, I personally lead groups into the wilderness area of northern Minnesota, a canoe wilderness area of a million oh, wow. and a half acres, mm-hmm. um, to take a time out to look at our vision for the future mm-hmm. and where are we going. Very, very few leaders, people that are making crucial decisions for themselves mm-hmm. and their organizations, mm-hmm. hit the pause button and are able to really take a, a chunk of time to think and to be hmm. with themselves and others in community, a small community of men. And they have been uh, groups of men. Mm-hmm. And why, why men? I don't think men in general, um, and, and this is a generalization, a gross yeah. generalization, have the opportunities to really do the in-depth work. I think women in general are more suited uh, culturally um, to be able to share what's going on at mm-hmm. a deeper level mm-hmm. within themselves and with others. Yeah. Men have been over time and time after time in my work with in, with, in coaching and in working with, with uh, leaders and organizations, men tend to be more insulated, more isolated, and do not have the opportunity or take the opportunity to really go deep inside, mm-hmm. to look at what is there so that they can make healthy um, decisions about their life and their work. And um, you mix nature. Nature has an amazingly strong healing um, Effect on people, on the humans, and very, very few hmm. leaders take the opportunity to be in nature. Right. It shifts whole way of thinking. Well, so, and it's, it's like you, um, and I hear this over and over again that when you are able to touch nature and and quiet the mind and move away from the day to day chatter, uh, you you actually begin to see what's important. And um, you move away from what's urgent to what's important. Right. And, um, and it, it occurs to me that the work you are doing there um, builds strong core, um, core. I don't know if it's core leadership or it, bring, it builds strength in an individual to then take that back into the organization and. Even when you don't take people into nature, um, the circle, the way that you're talking about convening people in circle is almost like giving them the ability to touch their nature. That's right. That's interesting. Beautifully said. Um, and, and going back to the campfire metaphor, uh-huh. literally we are sitting around campfires every day. Right, right. In Africa in the boundary waters. Right, right. And there is a, a, a primal, uh, a, there's a primal energy that comes out of doing that. 
it's 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 what I said earlier. It's about you look across the fire. You're in the fire. There's something about the fire itself. Hmm. Um, and also to be able to tell your story. Many of us don't have that capacity or that ability to do that. Doing it in nature with one another and guiding ourselves along. It's mm-hmm. not just indiscriminate. It's about asking the right questions. So we ask each other the questions. Essentially, the questions, there's three questions that human beings have been asking ourselves from who are we, why are we here, and what are we to do while we're here? Those are the three essential questions. Right, right. Everything stems from that. Well, and and it, the subtleties that we find is when you begin to ask yourselves those questions, then everything else bubbles from that. Mm-hmm. When you're in an environment where you feel safe, where you're with people that you trust, all of a sudden things that weren't possible or seemingly possible begin to change and the possibilities begin to emerge in a whole new way. In a whole new way. Yeah. Craig, this has been a fantastic hour. I can't believe we're already coming to a close. Um, I I know that there's much more we could be talking about, and we can continue this. Mm -hmm. Um, To learn more about Craig Neal and Heartland Circle and Heartland Institute, which we didn't get to talk talk much about, um, they can go to your website. What's your website, Craig? It's Heartland, Mm H-E-A-R-T-L-A-N-D, circle, one word, dot com. Heartland circle.com heartlandcircle.com and I know you're doing wonderful things with that and many leaders uh, would be very interested I encourage people to go to that website and learn more about Heartland Circle and Craig um, I know you're writing at the moment I am and um, we look forward to the book The Art of Convening A Field Guide to Essential Conversations correct and uh, um, any any sense of when any timeline for you on that well uh, oh eight Oh eight, great. Oh eight, um, and uh, it will be really the collective um, knowledge and, and wisdom mm-hmm. of years and years of doing this kind of work. It'll be very practical. Great. Um, and I invite people to, if you live in the Bay Area, to consider coming to a thought leader gathering, or you live in Minnesota, and if not, um, to take advantage of um, the offerings on the website. Um, oh, great. So we have lots of different things for for people to involve themselves in. Great. Well, I so appreciate having you here, Craig. And uh, Thanks I'd like a lot. to remind everybody to uh, join us Friday mornings, 10 a.m. Pacific time, and think big. The world can be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-B-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.